Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to The Clay Project. I'm your host as usual, Evelyn Fair, and today I've got my sis Sabrina here. Hi! <laughs> Hi! She's going to be sharing her clay story. Hey, girl. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Nervous. <laughs> it's only me. I just ignore this mic. Trust me. We're going to be fine. Uh, I'm so happy to have you in here. Me my too. Friend. Yay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Before you tell us a bit about you, I'm going to ask you a random question. Okay. You ready? No. <laughs> so if you had to eat one meal for a week, what would it be? It's jello fries. Okay. With, 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 with chicken, some type of chicken and plantain. Not plantain, plantain. 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 <laughs> plantain. <laughs> plantain. That's not funny. Plantain. <laughs> oh, to be specific, Nigerian. We're not going to fight. You can fight with yourself. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And I did force her to say that. <laughs> Just, you know, real recognize real. But that's perfect. So jello fries, chicken. Plantain. Plantain. <laughs> that really stressed me out. I know. Sweet. What would you have to drink? So I would have probably water. Nice. You <laughs> love your water. Yeah. Subscribe. Alrighty. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, tell the people about you. Okay. So my name's Brina, also known as Brie. I am 24. Yeah. My background was very... um. It was hard. I came from a very um, broken home. I came from a home that had, it had a mom and I had my brother and I had my nan. One thing was missing, which was a dad, weirdly it's Father's Day today. But like, there was no dad um, because of like the home surroundings and all of that. My mom wasn't able to look after me for like her own personal struggles. Um, So I got put into care at the age of five, I think it was. Yeah, five until 17. Yeah, it was really tough. I started coming to church with my older brother, who is 11 years older than me. So when I started coming at five, he was 16. Um, so, like, he would just take me because I guess I was probably doing something at home or <laughs> someone needed to look after me. So he would just, like, babysit me and take me. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I was little, I found it, like, a safe space. So, like, mm-hmm. I would come social services weren't around everything I did wasn't like tracked and I felt like at that time I was like every other kid like coming to church with someone Mm -hmm. sibling or parent or someone um so like he brought me to church and like as I got a bit older from like the night and stuff like that I saw church as like it was link up, like it was literally where you go. It's gonna be banks. It's lit. There's gonna be food. Like, oh, there's gonna be food. There's gonna be sweets. Um, cause like literally at Newtown where we used to go, they used to have like this tuck shop, mm-hmm. and like after morning service, there'd be like bare food. So that was that was cool for me because it's bare food. So I would I would love that. But um, I guess as well for me, like being in church and all of that, and having friends that were Christians and stuff. Um, when you'd go, it was time to go home. They'd go home with their mom and their dad, and like I would go home, and they'd just go straight, obviously to a foster care house. And for me, it wouldn't be like sometimes it wouldn't be the same foster care. Sometimes it would be like a foster care for six months, and then a foster care for five years, or a foster care for a day. Everything was always uncertain, and because of that, I didn't find find that I could um like. <laughs> set my roots if you could say like 
I was always used to like disappointment, always used to like things going bad. So I was always like prepared. I remember I was in care, they'd say to me, you have no trust, you don't trust people. And I guess it's because they didn't give me a reason to trust them. But like sometimes I felt like they didn't give me a reason to trust them. That kind of put like insecurities in me. It put like worries in me. I always felt like I was different to everyone else. Like even people at my church, which they people would be, they'd have their parents, as I said, they'd have their parents. And like sometimes people would like moan like, oh, my dad, he doesn't give me money or my mom, she's being annoying. And like, sometimes I'd laugh along with it, but then I wish I had that, like I wish that I had that type of upbringing, you know, that even though things went wrong for them, as in like their parents didn't give them money or something like that, they still came from like a good Christian home and their parents were able to like instill God in them. The the father figure thing like that really did play on me for long like obviously I have a, a pastor and stuff like that I have a pastor's wife and not even just them like there'll be older people in church because yeah. when I was younger I wouldn't necessarily was naughty I would just say I was <laughs> <laughs> no I, I generally feel like I was misunderstood especially being the only one in church that was the care kid oh. I feel like people didn't understand me like they knew that they probably weren't allowed to say certain things because social services would somehow find out or a carer would find out or something like that and it could blow back in their face, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I remember I was 10 years old and I was at church and all the guys, my brother's friends, are just there, they're praying and laughing and joking. It was way past my bedtime. I don't know I was there. <laughs> it was fully past my bedtime, but I was just there. And then like this, I heard like one of the um, ladies, her aunties was demon possessed and... I didn't watch horrors growing up. I watched a few, like, you know, get a bit scared and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought of demon possession and I was like, what on earth is that? And I remember, they're like, okay, she's going to have to come to church. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what do you mean she's going to have to come to church? <laughs> like, we're church. Like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, Linton, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to go um, uh-huh. home now. But um, so the lady came to church and she was proper, like, manifesting and frothing at the mouth. And all I could remember saying is, imagine if pastors kids were here now, they wouldn't have been able to deal with this. Um, and I just remembered that I was so scared because I've never seen anything like that before. Um, so I was just like, okay, what is this? So I asked my brother, what's going on and stuff? Once the lady, the demon was casted out and he said to me, yeah, she's demon possessed or she was. And I was like, okay, what's that? And whatever it is, can that come into me? Because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, if you don't have a relationship with God, then you're susceptible to that. So then, therefore, yeah. So I was like, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's the order? So I was like, can I can I pray? Um, and he's like, yeah. So I prayed at the altar. And people be like, oh, 10 is such a young age. But I think for me, all of the madness that would have happened, like going into care and stuff, God was the only stability. People from church were the only stability. So, yeah. So even with like that, I'm not going to say that the moment you pray, everything changes because that's not the case. Like I still had insecurities and especially being in care because obviously that all happened when I was still in care. I'll be at primary school year six and I, I tried to be set apart from everyone else. So, they would be like getting involved with guys. I mean, 
only so much you can do in year six, but like getting involved with guys and stuff like that. And I'd be like, no, I can't do that. I'm a Christian. Okay, girl, look at you, go. <laughs> I was like, no, the swearing I'm not going to do, the lying I'm not going to do. But like, I didn't say it as like a way to be like, oh, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. I just wanted it to be like, I'm different. Like, I am a Christian now. Kids noticed that. They would say things. I remember got to year seven and I was, I was trying to live the same way, like, you know, being a Christian and that. And this girl, she said to me, there's something different about you. And me being me was like, what is it? <laughs> like, what's wrong? What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And she was like, like, I don't know what it is. And I was like, okay, what do you, I don't know. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but are you a Christian or something? And that moment when she said that, I was like, yeah, like, how did you tell? Like, yeah. I don't know, I don't have any more food. Like, what is it? And like, from that day, the girl literally left. I only saw her probably like that first week of year seven. And then she left and I never saw her again. I remembered it for, like up until the age I am now because I was like, it's not just about calling yourself a Christian, but it's acting it. It's not just about repenting, but it's living a life that's pleasing to God. And even at a young age, <laughs> even at a young age, that's all I tried to do. Um, it's not been perfect, don't get me wrong, but I really tried. So, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think one of the things I love about your story, every time I hear it, <laughs> Every time I hear it, it's like you got saved or you prayed the sinner's prayer at least at 10 and you're still here. Like we hear the stories of many, we the church kids, um, you know, you can pray the sinner's prayer. I think yeah. the first time I prayed, I was probably about that age as well. Yeah. And then just like you just pull off. Yeah. And like the consistency, do you want to speak a bit about that as well? Like the consistency, at least that I've seen, like so far for as long as I've known you, it's just beautiful. Like, it's not every day you hear about a church kid that's still serving God and yeah. you not know, have like yeah. a wild, you know, <laughs> prodigal daughter <laughs> and then came back. And yeah. Back. No. yeah, I would say like knowing who you are in God. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a Christian, you're so, you should be so different from the world. And that's the one thing that I tried, tried to be. Like, as I said, don't get me wrong. It was hard. Like, I remember there'd be times like, I would be singled out from things. And I feel like my friends as I grew up, they like, oh yeah, she's different. She she doesn't do that. She doesn't do this. And it's not to say, oh my gosh, I'm I'm better than you all. But it was just because I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to show you something that you don't actually have to all be the same, all dress the same. Yeah. Or have your hair the same. Not like I had hair then anyway. But like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, um, so the reason why I it was so consistent was God and that sounds so cliche because like what you said like so many church kids they go for like the beginning of their salvation on fire impact teams outreaches this 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 me I was like yeah I was doing all those things every impact team there every outreach I was there but then it got to the point I was like this salvation thing is like it's, they say it's you God and the devil and I realized that at a young age it was literally me God and the devil when I went through like things in foster care I guess that's probably what drew me closer to God, like knowing that a dad wasn't there, my mum wasn't mentally there, that that was the one thing that kept me in check, if you could say. I mean, as I said, don't get me wrong, there's times I was like, man, just, ah, I want to sound like carnival, like give up or something like that, like something would happen and I would struggle. Like 20, 20, what was it, 2015? I think 2015, I was 17 and my nan passed away. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first time I 
ever lost someone that was close to me. And the moment like she passed away, I was like, I went for like, I don't want to say depression because I know it's a strong word, but like I went for like probably a straight year when I was, I wasn't myself. I wasn't smiling. I wasn't laughing. I wasn't at all. I was just completely out of it because I was like, the one person that was holding my family together was no longer holding my family together. She was the one that I lived with when I wasn't in care. She was the one that fed, clothed me, all of that. And like, she was that mom to me. With me and my mom's relationship, it was always shaky because of the whole care situation. And she thought that it was her fault of why I got put into care. All I ever wanted was to have a good relationship with my mom. And my mom doesn't have, she has mental health problems. So it's like, how I see the world is completely different to how she sees the world. Um, And I feel like even at church when I was younger, I remember people at church didn't know, still probably don't know, that she has mental health problems. And so say something would happen and something was said, I would get into trouble for it. (laughs) But it wasn't the case of it was blown out of proportion or something like that. So it got to the point I was like, I I can't, I can't have this. Because before, when I started going to church, my mum wasn't there. And then like she started coming to church um, about seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago, the year that my dad passed away, around about then. And like when she came, I thought it'd be easy, like in the presence of God. Yeah. But it blew everything up because I only saw her at contact with, with social services around. Yeah. And then the moment like she came to church, it's like everything was down, everyone's guard was down. Like I would, it would be together and there'd be no social services to manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pr- improved a lot, I must say. But it's only because I, pray about it and because people would say to me oh do you have some type of feelings towards your mom for the foster care situation and I'll say no because you know let me rephrase that because that would be a (laughs) lot at first I did because at first I didn't understand why she wasn't quote-unquote a normal mom like why I didn't have a mom and a dad live as I've seen from all my friends at church why didn't I have that so I did blame her but then at the same time realizing she's been through her own struggles her own battles and like sometimes it can be a generational curse thing because even with my nan she had 10 kids and yeah my mom's one of 10 she's the third oldest so even with that the others are back in jamaica some of them like even yeah my mom's got lots of siblings but um even with that like if you think of like a jamaican mom having 10 kids you know that they're not all gonna live together especially like back in the 60s and stuff like that mm. 60s and 70s they wouldn't have all lived together in like one one bedroom flat my, yeah my nan just took my mom mm. whereas the rest of the siblings either went with their dad in jamaica or with other people mm. foster care unfortunately so i say that to say this it was all like a a generational thing how my mom's upbringing was mm-hmm. kind of reflected back on me if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing. How many years have you been saying for now? Nearly 15. Girl, you was an old Christian. <laughs> getting saved young, so many things could, like, throw you off. You mm-hmm. could get into a relationship, losing a loved one. Um, just the fact of being in foster care can be the thing that throws you off. And um, for me... What kept me and what I will keep saying kept me 
is God and just knowing that like it can be hard life can be hard but life is harder without God um <laughs> say that again for those in the back <laughs> life can be hard but life is harder without God and that's that's what I've realized because there's been so many times I'm just like you know what maybe I should try this maybe I should try that because again being a church kid sometimes you feel like there's so much things you've missed out on and even sometimes like I'll be like oh you know what I haven't done that I'll, I'll hear people's testimonies that like a bit older than me over my age and they'll be like you know when I wasn't saved I was and I'm like <laughs> I, was, I was for the streets I was this I was that I don't like when I wasn't saved was when I was like eight nine there's only so much you can do with streets <laughs> honestly so I'm just so fair because even like as I said with like my mom's mental health that could have I guess it's hereditary as well. That could have so easily been me. Like, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even be alive, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. What was that thing you said again? Life is hard. Life is hard. It's hard. But it's hard to move out God. Yes. I'm going to print that on a t-shirt. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> it's your own This is why. <laughs> when we start printing merch, you heard it here first. <laughs> But yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you to you for this episode and for sharing your story as well. Um, to everyone else that's listened, thank you for listening. If you've got questions for Brie, actually, what am I saying? Please tell us about your YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this baby is a celeb. <laughs> Please, I'm actually not. But um, I do do YouTube. I do have my testimony on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And on YouTube, it's called It's Brie. Um, scroll down a bit I'm not the one with like the 50,000 just yet <laughs> scroll down a little bit and then you'll see what it but uh, yeah I've included the show notes so yeah. you can actually find it <laughs> but thank you thank, thank you honestly it was a pleasure it was a pleasure perfect uh, if you've got questions for Brie anything you've just spoken about please send a DM to theclay.project on Instagram or an email to theclayproject.pod at gmail.com until next time see ya I see it. <laughs>